When I look at my phone and I see that my mom is calling, I take a deep breath before I answer knowing that whatever it is that she's calling about will likely take up a good chunk of my day. That whatever I plan to do has a good chance of not happening or at least not getting done on my time frame. If you have people in your life who you have to care for or who need extra support from you and you're stressed about everything else you have to do in your leadership role to run your business or lead your team, this episode is for you. And if you're not in that boat now, you will be at some point. So stay tuned. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome back, and I hope you've enjoyed the last couple of episodes that have kicked off the new year. The first one was with Greg Williams talking about body language, which is something that we often overlook. So that's a good one to listen to in case you missed it. And then the second one was on the power of experimentation, uh, and I called that innovate or stagnate. I'm wondering if you did listen to that, what experiment you might be working on now since I suggested that you start one. Um, If you're newer to the podcast, you'll find that I cover a a really wide range of episodes that focus mainly on personal and leadership growth. Uh, I cover topics that can help you be most effective in your leadership role and live your best life. I think the two go hand in hand. This episode, which is a bit personal, has been long in coming because I rarely get through a week without hearing from people, especially people who are, I would say, in their late 40s, definitely 50s and 60s, trying to figure out best ways to support an elderly parent or parents. In my experience, we recently moved my mom, who's now in her 90s, from a home into an independent living apartment. Just a few weeks ago during the holidays, as my sister and my son and I were leaving mom's place, she stood up, clutched her walker and said, I think I'm going to faint. So we scrambled to help her. And after finally getting her stabilized, we took her to the ER where we spent Christmas Day. Thankfully, she's doing much better now. But we know there will be another time when she needs us sooner rather than later. So if you have a loved one that you're caring for, and you're trying to lead your team or run a business, I know it's not easy. And this is just such a reality for more people. And and it can have such a huge impact on you and your life and your work. You know, they don't teach you how to deal with this kind of issue in business school. So I'd like to share what I've learned and am learning about how to deal with the challenges of trying to provide extra support for a loved one. In my case, it's an elderly parent. But the same ideas apply to anyone who's in a caregiving role and who's leading a team or running a business. There's just extra pressure on you. And like anything else, how you choose to view the situation or person is everything. I've had to shift, you know, my initial reactionary view, which is this person is interrupting my day to this person needs a lot of help. So I have thoughts and and reminders that kind of go through my head uh, much more regularly now when I'm trying to provide the support that I know that she needs. So I'll share some of these what I will call kind of reassuring reminders. And I'm sure you you might have your own kind of thoughts that you go to as well. These are mine. I'll, I'll remind myself that I'm doing the best that I can under very difficult circumstances. Or it's okay if I don't get everything done. That's a big one. 
many clients I know harbor so much frustration and guilt that they can't get everything done. I like to think that most people are understanding, especially those who've gone through or who are going through a similar experience. And there's some comfort in knowing that you're not alone. Um, Another reminder that I tell myself is that it's not my goal or my role to change a person. And I also can't resist their resistance to change. Then we just get stuck in a loop. They have to have their own desire or willingness to change on their own. I can try all day to teach mom how to turn on the computer, program her flip phone. But if she really doesn't think she can learn it, that's the bigger problem. And I can't change that. I can't change an attitude. Um, Something else that I remind myself is that logic doesn't necessarily work. Sometimes common sense just goes out the window. And what I consider to be common sense is very different in her world now. And then finally, look for the good. I I remind myself to recall what I appreciate that, you know, in the most frustrating moments, I try to remind myself, mom is one of the most loyal, devoted and caring people I know. I often joke that she should have been my marketing director, because even though she doesn't know exactly what I do, she's very proud of me and she likes to tell everyone. But the bottom line is my mom won't change. She is who she is and how she is. So the work to be done is on me. And and I don't mean, you know, the work to help her, which is obvious. I'm talking about the inner work on myself that I have to do, um, that I continue to do, because I've done a lot of inner work over the years. I consider this a growth opportunity for me to work on accepting her for who she is now, to bend where I can without breaking myself. And I'm, I'm put to that test a lot. You know, as an example, mom does not like telehealth appointments. She insists on seeing a doctor in person. So since her mobility is limited, that makes transporting her a lot more time consuming. And one client experienced the same. He said, anything I do for my parent now takes at least half a day of my time. And, you know, he's CEO. So you are not alone if you're experiencing something like that. What's been especially difficult for me is to witness how hard my mom makes everything for herself. And so, you know, I witness her suffering and being so frustrated. As an example, she wanted to send out a bunch of cards over the holidays and get presents delivered and send thank you notes. Well, that's not going to happen when you're in the ER. (laughs) So the challenge that I or you might experience is an opportunity to raise bigger questions. You know, when everything seems so hard, so challenging, go to questions like what really matters? Or where can I change now? How can I be better? Any major change or disruption in your life is an opportunity for growth, reprogramming, redirecting. While I would love for her to share that belief, having gone through a move that was extremely disruptive for her, I'm not sure that she can or will. But I still have that belief. So these are the main essentials that I think are most important for your sanity and survival when you have a lot of major responsibility at the top, and you also have to care for a loved one. And I would I would call these the three S's so that you can remember them. One is support network for you. And I know that's not a new idea. And you hear it talked about all the time. Yeah, you need to have your own support, but you really do. And you might need to seek it out and be more active about that to make sure that you're taking care of your personal, physical and mental health. So I have people in my support network, who I know I can be with who will help me in maintaining physical health to the best of my ability. And to, to, you know, to make regular time for exercise, 
relaxing, maybe sleeping a little bit more if you need it. So there's no quick fix. This is not a problem to solve. You'll need ongoing support because this is a new phase of your journey. This isn't just a problem that you solve and then you get back to normal. It's a new phase. So consider who you'll meet or need to meet to take with you as you get to this part of your yellow brick road. It's ongoing. Um, Number two, the second S is self-compassion. I've learned it's okay not to be okay, to accept whatever emotions move through you. Personally, sometimes during a visit or experience with my mom, I've had sadness, anger, hopelessness, frustration, guilt, despair, resentment, all at the same time, while also being in awe and appreciation and amazement. So there are a lot of mixed emotions that come up. I know that she is experiencing the same kinds of emotions as well. I have a lot of empathy for her. I know it's especially frustrating losing so much independence. So it helps me become more compassionate, the better I can understand and accept and regulate my own emotions. And I think that helps me be a better leader as well. The third S, very important here, is sense of humor. You know, the other day I was talking to mom and she sounded excited about a special musical program that they were going to do at her senior living community. And I had seen that announcement about the program when I went to visit her. I saw it on a flyer in the elevator in her building. And so when I told her that I was aware of that because I had seen it on a flyer in the elevator, she panicked and said, wait, what? There's a fire in the elevator? And I said, no, mom, it's just a flyer in the elevator. It took us about five minutes (laughs) to to try to understand what I was trying to communicate. Anyway, um, obviously, caring for elderly parents is especially challenging when you're in your leadership role, but it's a situation that so many people are facing. So I want to share 10 quick practical tips that can help you navigate this phase more effectively and with compassion. Number one, adjust your expectations. As Anne Lamott said, expectations are resentments waiting to happen. So that's where stress and resentment can come from. Expectations for yourself and expectations for the person who needs your help. Um, You've got to determine what's reasonable for you to achieve, not what someone else thinks you should, but what you know is realistic under whatever circumstances you're facing. I've had to change expectations about what mom can do or is willing to do. You know, she was line dancing just before the pandemic when she turned 90. And now um, she's much less mobile. Number two is be adaptable. I remember my dad suffering from Alzheimer's, which is especially difficult to witness. This was years ago. Anyone who has to deal with a loved one who has dementia learns you get to a point where it's like you're turning a key, unlocking this door and entering this different kind of world. And and one day I was playing the piano for him. When he walked in the room and he saw me, he said, who are you? And without introducing myself as his daughter, I just told him that I was there to play the piano for him. So he sat down beside me on the bench and he said, oh, you're really good. So I just rolled with it. So you've got to recognize that flexibility and adaptability are also key traits of effective leadership. 
they're skills that will serve you well, both in your caregiving role and in your professional life. Number three is to keep communication open. Keep open and honest communication with your team. Let them know your situation so that they can provide support and understand your potential need for flexibility. Also, why your mood may be changing or your energy may be different. It, it, it's really important to be as transparent as you can be in situations like that. Number four, lighten your load. And there are a couple of ways to do that. One is to delegate and empower other people. Now, I know you've heard that over and over. You need to delegate if you're leading a team. Uh, but you know, try to do that before you get in this kind of situation. But when you are at a point where you know you can't handle everything on your plate, delegate tasks and responsibilities to capable team members. So it helps them learn and it helps you begin to trust your team to handle their roles more effectively too. Another way is to get out of commitments or obligations that you know you just can't keep that aren't realistic. I've had to do that. Uh, rolling off of a board where I know that I cannot keep that commitment and contribute in the way that I would really like to. Number five is set boundaries. So you've got to set clear boundaries between working and caregiving to the extent that you can. Maybe create a schedule that allows you to be present both with your work and with your loved one and communicate those boundaries to the people that are involved. Number six, this is one I really like and, and work hard to practice is creating more white space in your day, kind of buffer time. Uh, I, I know now kind of when to expect that my day will be interrupted. So I run when, when I can, <laughs> when I have a couple of hours, and I know that I won't be interrupted, I work harder, I'm more, I'm actually more productive. So Creating that space when you're thrown off or you're distracted is something good that I think helps you be most productive under these conditions. Maybe start your day a little bit later if you know that you need more sleep. You can get a lot more done than you might realize. Number seven, don't compare yourself or your situation to other people. I always like to say lead with compassion, not comparison. It's easy to look at other people and make assumptions about the kind of support or resources you know, or time that you think that they have, uh, when they're dealing with a similar situation, just don't even go there. And, and, you know, what's also common is you'll hear more people sharing their experiences with you. People will be well meaning when they share these experiences. And it's actually helpful on some level to share stories and learn from each other. You just need to know that your situation is unique to you, your family or your loved one that you're caring for. So determine what will work best for you. Trust your instincts. Number eight is to leverage technology. And, you know, even though your loved one may not be able to uh, understand a lot of the technology, you can still use apps or appointment scheduling or remote monitoring. Uh, that kind of uh, technology is out there to explore. Number nine, very important, reach out for professional caregiving help if you need it. Uh, we have brought in a person to help mom at least once a week to provide the assistance that she needs. And there are wonderful organizations in your local community to explore who offer support of some kind uh, with the caregiving responsibilities. So the more care you can bring in, the more you can focus on your work and what you need to do otherwise. And finally, number 10, give yourself more credit for what you are able to accomplish during this challenging phase, even the smallest wins. It's important to acknowledge this, the progress that you're making um, instead of being so frustrated about everything that you think you can't get done. 
So those are my 10 tips. This challenge is one that so many people are facing because people are living longer. Even if you're not experiencing situations like this yet, be sensitive to other people in your organization who are. My suggested action step or takeaway for this episode is just to check in with someone that you know who is going through something difficult caring for a loved one. If it's a team member, maybe you can restructure the assignments on the team or the projects that people are working on. Just let them know that you care. People who are caring for a loved one will likely be able to maintain better productivity and performance when they know that they have your support. We're all human. So this human side of leadership involves acknowledging the challenges that we face in our personal lives and finding ways to integrate them into our leadership or professional roles. So by being open, adaptable, and compassionate, you can navigate this phase with grace and resilience while setting an example for other people. So if you are in this phase, take it easy on yourself and share this episode with someone else you know who may be challenged or exhausted just to let them know they're not alone. And since you've listened this far, I really appreciate being able to share a more personal episode in hopes that it resonates with you. We all have the same basic human needs and emotions throughout our lives. We want to feel like we matter and what we do matters. So cultivate your compassion as a leader and as a human being so you can do the work that matters to you and make a difference in the lives of those you love and lead. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.